Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. morning and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. It is Friday and it is March the 30th. No, it's not. It's March 31st. One day away from April 1st. One day away from the transgender day of vengeance. Good Lord. We're going to talk today a little, you know, mix a little bit of news in, but, I, you know, I don't really like it because none of it's good. The only thing that we can look at is say is there's, there is a call going out. There is a serious call, and I want to be very blunt, which is my nature. I want to be very direct that this is necessary. And not just, you know, people look at words and uh, they look at things from the biblical perspective, which I do. I mean, I, I try to. And, and a lot of people don't. I should say a lot of people don't look at that. They look more for uh, uh, what is a man going to do to bring us 
salvation? What is a man going to do to save our country? And uh, we're we're in a we're under an attack. You know, we had Christian little little Christian kids in a Christian school shot and killed, along with some of the administration. By a, you know, I don't even like this term transgender. There is no such thing. You're born a man. You're born a woman. Live with it. Grow into it. Accept it. You can't change it. The God that looks down from heaven upon you made you the way you are. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Does that strike a chord? That maybe this God that you hear about, this God that I serve, and my friends as well, those of us who have truly surrendered our our lives to the God of heaven, we understand. I was born this way. I was born with a calling on my life that maybe other people cannot accept, but that's too bad. The God of heaven placed it there. No man with a piece of paper from a college placed it on me. I firmly and fully believe that I was called by God to preach, to teach, to accept the Bible from all of its standpoints, all of its painful parts and its glorious parts that sometimes are interchangeable. Jesus said, if you fall on this rock, it will break you. But if this rock falls on you, you can be ground to powder. Do you ever hear that in a sermon? No. All we want to hear about is grace. We're under grace. We're going to sin because we're under grace. We're going to, we, can all, we can actually habitually sin because we're under grace. You have compromised preachers that stand before you and they can't touch certain things that are in the Bible that you need to hear. They can't even approach them because they are either practicing them or those who who commit a chunk of change to their ministry. I don't have any donors. I don't want any. I don't get paid to preach. And I'm not really looking for it. When I do, the money that I take in goes right back out into either this ministry, you know, buying Bibles and tracts, or to worthy ministries who need support as well but we don't need support monetarily i just need support in that you believe that i'm not going to lead you astray two thousand years ago plus a man was born by the name of john john grew up never to drink wine. 
I don't even think he cut his hair or his beard. He was a Nazarite. Took the vow of the Nazarite. Lived in the wilderness and ate honey, or what do you call it, locusts dipped in honey. This is a guy that I could sit and listen to. Not that I'd want to say I want to share with you what you're eating there, buddy, but I'd listen to you. And he had a lot of people listen to him. He's unfortunately been labeled John the Baptist. He's not. He was neither Baptist. There were no Baptists around back then, folks. Get it right. If you don't like that, throw me out. But there were no Baptists. They were not the first church. It was not a Baptist church. It was a baptizing church. And that's what John did. He was a baptizer. But more importantly, because I got off my track, because that really irritates me when I hear it, he, he, he preached a message right off the bat. The first thing that we see is repent and be baptized. But John baptized people with that. It was a baptism of repentance. Then down the, down the pike, not very far from John's beginning of his ministry, another man named Yeshua, Nazareth, came along. That's, we call him Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ. He came along and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. First things they said were repent. And those are the words that you don't hear very often sitting in a pew somewhere. And you often wonder, why? Why is it that 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 particular message gets left out? Why is it that we don't, you know, talk about repentance? Why is it that repentance is just, ah, you know, that's a little tough. We just need you to come down here and kneel down at an altar and say a prayer. And then we can declare to the world, you are saved. I know I hammer this a lot. You know, people hang their hats on that's their salvation that on a certain date and a certain time and a certain place and a certain preacher and a certain play, uh, church and, you know, blah, blah, blah. They can name when it happened. But then, did, it, did it change happen? Well, some of them it did. But the thing of it is, is there's so much more that really gets dropped. What comes after how do we how do we handle what comes next? Oh well, you know, we we stick to our denomination. We we believe everything they say. We don't question the pastor because he's an elder. Now I'm not really I'm not really fond of being contentious and causing problems. Uh, most of the time, I'll just leave. I'll just, I'll just say, 
Wife, we need to get out of here. This place is not for us. Sometimes you get hip deep in something, and it's really difficult to do that. And you're stuck for a while. And you're not hearing a clear voice of the Holy Ghost telling you, hey, you need to leave. There's time when that will come. I, uh, I, I tell you uh, from vast experience that you'll know when it's time to move on. You'll know that God has rung your bell. You'll know that there's, there's a lot going on here that really needs to be looked at deeply understood pray about that seek god about everything we're going to talk today about some things and yeah, i told mike uh my buddy we uh go back and forth and i said mike we, we live in exciting times that's some of my favorite pastors have said that yeah you were chosen for this time right here now are you going to stand against what goes on around you, or are you going to capitulate to it? And uh, he put he put out this little bit, and I I added one little thing to it. So that's how him and I kind of have that that thing going on. He says the two D's. We live in a in a in a society that's out to deceive and to demoralize. And I said I would like to add a D to that if you don't mind demonize so they deceive you they demoralize you and then they demonize you if you're not following the chosen be careful what you say tom the chosen rhetoric that's out there if you don't follow the traditions that they are trying to set up they will do all three of those to you They couldn't deceive you, perhaps, so they'll demoralize you, and then they'll demonize you. And deception comes from all sides. It's everywhere. It's in the church. That's the scariest thing of it. It's in the pews. I mean, you know, people deceive each other. We have to wake up. I'm going to play a song. I, I, I was going to just forget it, but it, it's, it's called The King is Coming. It's by the, the newer version of the Newsboys. So forgive me about this, Mike, but it's a good song. Make a way for just the, the words are there, you know.
every eye is looking out for you. I think we need something to just lighten things up a little bit and make us remind us of what we live for. What are we here for? What are we waiting for? You know, I'm not waiting for the 2024 election. I don't like what I'm seeing happening right now. As of today, they're back on the 
the yap box talking about Trump being being indicted, which he has been, and and that's wrong. But what the idiots in charge don't realize is they just open themselves up to a precedent that can come back and haunt them for the rest of our time here, however long this nation lasts. Now, I want you to understand something. I love the American nation. I love United States. I live here all my life. I've been, I've lived in other countries. I spent a year in Korea. I've visited a lot of other places along the way. You know, I've picked up a lot of ideas about just how bad they are. Now, they're beautiful to look at. You go to places like Rome, uh, Paris, France, which right now is erupting in, in fire, chaos, and, and you know a disdain for their government. We haven't gotten that far yet. I fear that it may come. I don't want to see that, but it could very well be the next thing. Other Germany, I've been to Germany. I've uh, been to London many, many, many times. It's a beautiful place. I mean, there's there's a lot to see. There's a lot of history that you can soak in. You know, good and bad. But now we have this, which was an experiment of sorts, an experiment with a new kind of a, a democratic republic, or I'm sorry, a constitutional republic. And, you know, that's, it's off the tracks now. The Constitution isn't used. It's abused. Why is that? Well, it's like a guy that was on the news said. It's founded on the the Bible. It's, you know, the Ten Commandments kind of weave their way through our Constitution along with other things. So we have to find a way to amend that and amend this and amend this and amend that. And, you know, it keeps going. We have to ratify something, and we have to, you know, verbalize our hate for this God that these people served. A nation that forgets God, a nation that turns against God, it's not going to last. It will fall. I guarantee it. I'm not a prophet. But I can tell you, if you look back through history, we are unique because we were founded on God. Now, there's a lot of people that argue that, even Christians. Oh, well, you know, the founding fathers were deists and this and that and the other thing. And that's true. They were, they were a little bit different. But they, there were those in our uh, government that were very strong Christians. You know, they may have been Anglicans or Presbyterian, whatever. You know, I don't care. I am so past your denomination's better than mine. Mine's better than yours. My God is better than all of them. I have no denomination. I have divorced myself from denominationalism. I sit for the time being in a denominational church. And the more I sit there, the more I get disgusted with denominationalism. We don't reach out to anyone because, oh, you know, those Presbyterians, uh, we got to get them in here so we can get them saved. Or those those Methodists, they I wish they'd come here because we we'd teach them the real Jesus. 
me tell you something. I didn't hear about any real Baptists running through the uh, uh, UK back in the days when John and Charles Whit- uh, Wesley went through there and upended everything and and did a serious revival, brought Christ to them. Oh, but they don't believe in immersion. They only sprinkle whatever. It's time to get away from this ignorance that this Christian isn't as Christian as we are. You will pay for it because you've you've got these factions. When I spoke at first, I talked about repenting. And I spoke about that for a reason, because it needs to be done. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 70 years. There's things in all of our lives that we need to repent of. There's thoughts in our thought life. Notice I'm not saying yours. I'm saying ours. Because I have a bit of anger right now towards some of this ridiculousness. Get yourself away from what tag they want to throw at you. And it, uh, you know, it's like I, I read a, that scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 where he goes through and, and talks about, you know, thieves and murderers and fornicators and adulterers. And, you know, you can't take Christian and throw it in front of any of those. Oh, I'm a Christian adulterer. I'm a Christian fornicator. I'm a Christian whatever, idolater. That doesn't fit. Don't worry about the denomination. When somebody says, uh, what, what, where do you go to church? Well, so first of all, it's a, you know, it's a Baptist, Methodist, a Pentecostal, whatever. And, but, you know, that's not what I am. I'm a Christian. I've heard so many people who will defend the denomination and never mention, oh, I'm a Christian. No, I'm a, I'm a fill in the blank. I get too pointed and anybody listens, they'll know who I'm talking about. Second Corinthians 13, five. It's not a new one for those of you who have been around me for a while. We've used it before. Examine yourselves, Paul tells the Corinthian church. Examine yourselves, comma. Let's just stop there. What does he mean? Well, when you examine something, you kind of take a step back or you get, you get the magnifying glass or you get the microscope and you drilled right down on top of that, that bug that virus, that blood drop, whatever it might be, really looking at it, seeing if there's something in there that needs to be uh, excised, examined deeper. You have an x-ray you know, of your chest to see if there's a cloud somewhere that's cancer, some other thing. Examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith, oh my, 
You mean you can not be and still be in the church? You bet you can. You bet you can. The ten virgins we talked about, I think, yesterday. I, I, this is a first. I haven't done three podcasts in a week in a long time, but I'm really stirred up. <clears throat> five good, five bad, five wise, five foolish. The The foolish ones had their lamp. They were putting on a mask that said, look, I'm, we're Christians. We're in the pew. You know, yeah, I'm carrying my lamp. Light it up. Light your lamp. Let me see it. Let me see it work. Guess what? There's no oil in it. It's fake. Well, go ahead and fill it up. Uh, I didn't bring anything to fill it with. Sorry. Let me show you how to fill it before it's too late. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. Do you know that Jesus has taken up inhabitants within your soul? Or as some say, you've welcomed him into your heart. Terminology I don't use very often. Know ye your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Reprobate's not a good thing, by the way. A nation that doesn't examine itself is going to fall. A nation that refuses repentance is going to fall. Repentance, my friends, starts with you that are listening to me right now. But I'm a Christian. I go to church. I pay. I do this. I do that. There's probably something in all of our lives that we should just turn away from. Don't fall for the thing that says you can live in sin and still be Christian. You cannot. I don't care what anybody says. Prove that to yourself. Now, you know, anybody could say, well, there's things that that we all do that we probably shouldn't. You know, I've been watching Blue Bloods or I've been watching NCIS or, you know, I I watch some TV shows I probably shouldn't. Okay, you probably shouldn't. but Don't let them affect you. Don't let them pull you into their, their agenda. Maybe shut it off and read the Bible. Could be the best thing you did. There's a there's a couple of videos that, that are available. Uh, I know you can get them on Amazon. You can get them on YouTube. I, I haven't watched them myself. Just watched the trailers. But the folks that are in them wake you up, and they're Calvinists. I'm sorry to say. But it's called the American Gospel. There's two of them. One of them's... Uh, Christ alone, I think, and the other one's Christ crucified, something like that. But if you look up American gospel, you'll find it. And what it does, it's not it's not a proponent to punch up the American gospel. It kind of disproves the American gospel, which is what I just said. 
rapture's coming, uh, do as you wilt, you know, because it's okay. Your sins are forgiven past, present, and future. You need no, no need for repentance. John never wrote of repentance in the book of John, but he certainly did write about sin in the first epistle that he wrote and how you should not live within it and how you should walk as Jesus walked. Just threw that out there. I don't get a nickel for that. But it's something that, you know, I believe our eyes need to be opened. They've been shut for so long. Romans 3.18, because of the fact that there is no fear of God before their eyes. Whose eyes? Some of it's the church. Church doesn't teach about the fear of God. They just say, well, you have to have a reverential awe of God. Again, this nation that we live in, that we love here in the United States, we love it. Everybody that lives here has to love it. If they've ever been to a third world country or even a second world country, you learn that there's things here that you wish or that you're, you're, you're very blessed by and people in those other places wish they had even though they've been told over and over again over again that it's not worth it it's a it's a lie when we look around right now you can see the fall coming the fall down we're in the spring right now we're looking forward to summer but you can see the fall of a nation right before your eyes I read a book a long time ago that a guy wrote, and I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think his name was Doctor Frank Johnson. Now he's a he's a pre-trib guy, but he wrote some decent books about the. Uh, he's a he's a biblical historian, and one of the things he wrote in one book, uh, I think it was a book about Noah, which always really I'm I'm a a big fan of the Noahic flood and what transpired there, and because Jesus was, but anyway, Mr. Frank Johnson, I believe he said that a nation that embraces homosexuality will fall through history. This is a historian through history. It's proven itself over and over again, how they, they, they lose their place in the world order. We have fully embraced it here in the United States. That's why I was saying about TV, you turn it on, you might as well shut it off. That's their agenda. The, the minority of people they are trying to make into a majority of people uh, with this tranny stuff. You know, they, the kid goes in there and shoots up a, 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 a Christian school and kills little kids, and they make him or her, I think it was a her actually, that, it wanted to be a he. They they've turned the the killer into the victim. Oh well, that's because of the trans transgender violence that goes on that caused her to do this thing or him whatever. I I can't keep it straight. How can you? How do you do that? I don't care who you are. You shoot three little nine year old kids and kill them. You are not the victim. You can never be the victim. You are a pig. You 
are a thug. You are going to be in a hot place that you don't want to be in. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3.18. These verses that I'm using today, I really, I really want them to sink, I guess. Now, we'll say, wow, you know, these things have been going on for a long, long, long time, and nothing's happened. You know, we're still here. Yeah, things are a little bit rough right now, but they'll smooth out. Genesis 15, verse 16, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the Lord God himself speaking down to Abraham. And he says, But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. God didn't like the Amorites much. Not at all. They were a wicked, evil people. Child killers, you know, uh, bloodthirsty devils that just lived for blood, really. That's all they were interested in. And again, it's, this is God talking to Abraham, kind of, or Abram, you know, at the time. He says that know of a surety, this is verse 13, I'm going to give you the context of it. And he says, know of a surety that my seed, or I'm sorry, thy seed, sorry, thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and shall afflict them 400 years and also that nation whom they dwell, or of whom they shall serve, will I judge. And afterward, they shall come out with great substance. And, they shall, and you, Abram, shall go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again for the iniquity, the lawlessness, the ungodliness of the Amorites is not yet full. God wanted to give these Amorites a chance to bring their iniquity to a place where he couldn't accept it anymore, where he needed to have them completely wiped out. We are seeing things like that now, death, destruction, uh, this homosexual thing that keeps getting jammed into our throat the authoritarian attitude out there that we can arrest whoever we want just because of who they voted for uh the uh, on and on it goes what do we do there is no fear of god before their eyes they have no problem with this because they've divorced themselves from god just as I said a little bit ago of divorcing myself from a denominational standpoint of Christianity because it really doesn't get you anywhere. There's always the contention. Well, we have the, we have the real, you know, we found the, the golden goose and he's told us everything. Romans 3.18 is where I've been quoting over and over again that, you know, Let's read a bit. 
because it's always good to read the Bible, isn't it? There is no fear of God before their eyes. Well, let's let's go backwards. There is none righteous, no, not one. Three ten. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They have all gone out of their way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, which is a grave or a casket. With their tongues, they have used deceit, the poison of asps under their lips. You know, that describes politicians. It describes preachers who divide into these different categories. You have to be a part of our church or you can't be. You have to do exactly this or you can't join. I'm going to tell you something. I don't like joining churches, you know, church organizations. I've actually disjoined myself from them because I have joined the real church. That's the church of believers who say Jesus is the one who founded this church. On the rock of his word, we built this church. I don't care what denomination you are. I'm more of non-denomination. I don't care if you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're anti-that. I don't care if you're a whatever you want to call yourself. Call yourself out is what you need to do. Call yourself out of these places that teach this division that teach you that you you that won't teach you basically I should rephrase won't teach you to walk as he walked try to live a holy pure and and godly life oh you can't say that here we're sinners saved by grace that means we we just we just float along I'm a fellow struggler all that yeah we all are but we we struggle because we're not looking towards God enough and there's no fear of God in our eyes. We don't realize that, yes, we're saved by a Savior who loved us so much that he did what he did, and we're getting ready to celebrate that time of year in a week. Three twenty-three. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All we all know that that's the Romans road. We know the Romans road. We had to we had to we had to submit ourselves to learning it verse by verse, and we're we're better for it. it. Took six verses of the Bible, and that's all you're interested in. Of which none of them that I know of, and I'm going to review that because I made a statement already. None of them that I rem- that I know of actually tell you to walk as he walked. They just tell you, you know, you're a sinner, and you need you need Jesus. 
You need to be saved. Yes, you do, actually. I am not knocking at you. People know me well enough that are listening to me. That's not my game. But the thing of it is, is we get so settled on one thing and we lose everything else. We don't take the time to literally get deep with God anymore. We don't take the time to spend in prayer or uh, in uh, Bible study. We get so wrapped up in what, what the, what's, what's the next thing that's going to happen in politics or which, how many trains have to run off the tracks and destroy communities and why are they happening? Second Corinthians seven one says, "Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in what the fear of God. Having therefore these promises, what promises?" promises of salvation the promise that there's things coming I don't know what else to tell you we don't play with devils here that doesn't mean somebody needs to be expunged of one like Jesus would do the Gadarene demoniac or many of the others. It says he cast devils out of many people. He told his disciples, these things you see me do, you'll do much more. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? Or are you just one of those John 666 people? John 6, chapter 6, verse 66. That when you heard the harder things that Jesus had to say, They turned and walked away and followed him no more. They were there for the free meal. They were there for the for the show. Let me see you raise some just just do the dead raising thing again. Just give us some free food, the fish and the grit and the bread. Uh, Oh Jesus, cast a devil out of somebody. Straighten out a withering hand. Make this guy walk. Say, hey, the blind guy wants to see. That's what we want to see. We want signs. We want to see these miracles because that's what really makes us want to be with you. But when he preaches a message that they can't accept, they can't gather in the spiritual aspect of eat my flesh, drink my blood. He wasn't telling them to come over and take a bite out of him. He told them what I will have to go through You will, too. You will be cut out of your family. You'll be cut out of your friend list on Facebook. Your church might turn against you. Following me has a serious set of circumstances that maybe you're not ready for. 
Are you ready to take up the cross and follow me daily? Or take up the cross daily and follow me? Oh, uh, cross? Oh, yeah, I got one. I'm wearing one around my neck. It's not what he meant. Get yourself out of the 21st century and understand what these things meant when they were said 2,000 years ago. You follow this God, the true one, the light, the good shepherd, who the sheep know his voice. I don't tell you what, I don't think a lot of sheep really do know his voice. They hear the voices of all these other shepherds running around, and none of them sound anything like the the shepherd of the Bible that's Jesus. They 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 parrot things. They 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 don't have the unction of the spirit of God within them enough to stir a crowd. Even a crowd that thinks it's Christian or that is and has kind of taken a back seat and says, ah, I'm just going to follow from way back there. I'm not going to get too close. If I get too close, I, I, I might want to stay there. Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. A lot of that fear of God thing comes rolling through the New Testament. Examine yourselves. We started off at the top. Whether you are in the faith. Prove your own selves. How that Jesus is in you. Know, know yourself. You need to know yourself. If Don't worry about the guy or the gal sitting two pews down and over. Second Corinthians 13, 4, For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Thirteen five again. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, comma, except ye be reprobates. But I trust, 13.6, but I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, and that we should appear approved, but that ye shall do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. In other words, I can't sit here and tell you anything against this truth that's the bible this truth that is the G, that is jesus christ for we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong and this also we wish even your perfection 
we'll never be perfect on this planet. We'll never be perfect in this body. Paul says, therefore, I write these things, being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. He wants to build these people up. He doesn't want to tear them down. But he knows that sometimes you have to use terminology that they're not used to. You have to use terminology that they might not want to hear. Edification means build up. Edification means to shore up, to give strength to, to to give you on that road towards some kind of perfection, some kind of realization of who you are in Christ and who he is in you. We need really to get ourselves back on track. We don't want to be the Amorites of the Bible. We don't want to be that. Remember what I said? Genesis fifteen sixteen. I will post the uh, main scriptures here that I've used today, which uh, are Genesis fifteen sixteen. 2 Corinthians 13, 15, Romans 3, 18, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Ephesians 5, 21. It will be posted in the show notes, as they call them, so that you can see what I was talking about if you don't have your Bible in front of you when you're listening. I really think, speaking from a standpoint of the United States of America, that we are on the cusp of something very demonic. I really feel that we are up to our neck and none of us can swim. Now that sounds like a a judgment. It's not. It's just a, a statement, you know, that we're about to go under. Saudi Arabia, Brazil, and China have evidently pulled together and they're not going to trade in the petrodollar. Our economy is about to go flat. Banks are crashing left and right. Gas gas here in my neck of the woods dropped all the way down to like 279. That's the best it's been in a long, long time. Stayed that way for about two days. Drove past the gas station. Unfortunately, I'd filled my my little pickup truck up a week or so before, and it was like three dollars or two ninety nine. So I, I wasn't too upset. But you know, I went by two or three days later, three twenty nine again, fifty cents. And you know, if you don't play the stock market, which I do not, you can play the gas market. When the gas is high, so is everything else. Food, clothing, accessories, whatever. Whatever you want to go out and purchase. You know, the thing of it is, is though, this. We as Christians need to start to rely back and figure out just how is it that guys like Elijah pulled it off? 
They were sold out for God. They truly believed that you make me a biscuit, little widow woman, and that little bit that you got there, and you'll never run out. I know people who are so stingy. They're not going to do that. Maybe we need to put ourselves in that position that we are the, uh, the widow woman and not Elijah. And, you know, maybe that widow woman's a picture of the church. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> and the church needs to get back to where it relies on Christ and not on man to make it happen, to get it through, because we're not doing so good at all. I'm sorry if this was a somber tone today, but we need to really wake up. Wake up quickly because things are crumbling and, you know, it's like we don't want to be like Nero, you know, fiddling while Rome burns. Because if you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and God, you're going to get blamed for it in the end because they're already doing it. Deception, demoralization, and demonization. Mm-mm-mm. I almost thought maybe I should rechange and re- redo the name of the podcast and turn it into uh, what do we do next we'll just talk about what do we do next for a while stand fast stand firm stay in prayer stay in your bible shove your preacher to start telling the hard things of God not just the easy soft shoe junk that's easy Your child of the king. Tell him the king told you, I want you to tell me the full truth. Till next time, 31st of March. I didn't think March had 31 days, but it is. Enjoy your weekend that's coming up. Be careful, be awake, be aware. God love you. Till next time.